This is the EWN Podcast Network. If you're someone that feels like you have a lot to say, but either you're afraid to say it, or you just feel like you're not being heard, then meet Carrie MacArthur. Hi, I'm Carrie. If you have ever felt like you're invisible or that you want to be invisible, like you've lost touch with who you are, I just want you to know that I understand. I was there and I have spent the last six years of my life reconnecting to myself, my power, and my purpose. And now it is my passion to help you to dare to find your voice. So if you're ready, say I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm so excited to be sitting here and talking to Don Langstroth, who is somebody who I've been following on Twitter and then Facebook and Instagram for several years. And I've watched you, Don, um, kind of blossom in front of my eyes, even though it's only been in 140 characters on Twitter mostly, and then images of like your artwork now. And I really felt your passion like really come out. And I can I can see it in your art. I can see it in your food that you you know, you, you cook yummy things and post them, and I can even feel your passion through there. And I thought you were like the perfect example of connecting to your power and your purpose by really discovering who you are, you know, from the inside out. And so I'm really grateful that you um, have agreed to sit here with me and just chat for a minute about how you came to discover that purpose. Um, I'm going to really quick read your little bio on donlankstroth.com that says, Don has made a career as a creative artist writing songs, painting, and making drawings that are as much emerging portraits of a forthright and independent identity as they are lyrics and pictures. And when I read that, I'm like, yes! It's like they sing, your art sings, and your voice. Everyone, if you just listen to her voice, she's an angel as well. So as a painter, she takes the world she knows best, her friends, family, and the familiar landscapes of home, and interprets it in a direct manner, letting line and color convey her quizzical nature and probing sensibility. An artist adept in several expressive modes, Don Langstroth tells us in words, songs, and pictures what it means to embrace life fully and creatively, letting randomness and creative curiosity open doors and pathways on the wondrous journey of becoming ourselves. So Don, you also have a, an artist statement. I'm just going to read a couple sentences. Um, and then I want you to kind of elaborate because I think it's so lovely. Um, I feel that my work is a culmination, excuse me, my work is a culmination of creative influence, rebellion, and life experiences. That right there like sums it up. <laughs> I love it. Um, artists who have inspired me are those to whom I was exposed as a child. Growing up, Salvador Dali and Vincent van Gogh's work fascinated me. Ted Harrison's whimsical paintings, or whimsical prints, down the walls of our home and ignited my imagination. Alex Colville made an indelible impression on my artistic sense as someone who could comfortably combine strict geometric form with a distinct dusting of magic. Like they did, I aspire to forge a path with a wonky twist of my own. There you go. And that, I think, describes what I've seen coming through the social media feeds. So with that, I would love you to elaborate on that. Just kind of tell us I want to know, um, first of all, you know, if there's more you want to add to that description of you, but I really want to know how you connected to the artistic part of you and then how you've come to just really bring out Dawn in everything that you do. Well, uh, <laughs> hi, and um, 
It's <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> um, I guess, I mean, I've, I've drawn and painted my entire life. Um, I've, I, there was always a pencil or some kind of mark making tool in my hand. My dad started us very, very early doing that because that's what he did. Um, he always, um, if we were at a restaurant, if we were anywhere, we would always have something to draw with. And he, that's how he kept us quiet, probably. <laughs> that's um, so cool, though. Yeah, and so we would be, we would draw everywhere, and, and it was just something that was completely natural. Both my brother and I did that. Um, <clears throat> and that was just how we did stuff. Um how it came about as a sort of style that I that I sort of developed. Um, I got really mad one day, <laughs> and uh, um, my mom. I was flying home. I was living in Vancouver for about a year, and I was flying home. And I didn't. Um, my mom loves her Christmas the way she loves her Christmas. Mm. It's incredibly traditional. Um, she has. I could draw you a map of how she decorates the tree. Like, I know exactly where everything goes on this tree. And I just felt kind of caged into that. And I just was like, I don't want her Christmas. I want my Christmas. <laughs> and so what happened was I did this little sketch um, that I went and I ended up being at home and coloring this sketch in and then thinking, I could do this as a painting. Wow. And you know what? No one would like it. It would just be mine. And you know what? I could like it and no one else could like it. And it was sort of like a, well, you don't have to like it. It's just for me. And that was sort of the first thing. And that actually ended up being Cubist Christmas, which is was my first painting in this style. Uh, well, sure enough, people actually liked it. So um, they ended up. Uh, telling me that they that they actually liked it, and I was like, "Oh, that's really weird that you like because I didn't want I didn't mean for that to happen." It was me throwing a fit. No, okay. <laughs> throwing a fit over here, but um, <clears throat> but yeah, um, and then somebody um asked me, said, "Do you think you could do something like that again?" And I'm like, "I don't see why not." And so then I just sort of started this thing, and it just it was a rebellion. It was like. I'm going to do something that nobody wants. I'm going to do something that nobody likes and it's only for me. Oh, and, wow. and sure enough, they liked it. <laughs> and then I just kept doing them and doing them. And, and then um, people would commission me to do it in this specific style. And I'm like, really? It just surprised me so much because it was so loose and so forgiving. And so there's so much movement in it. And like my life in general I'm I'm kind of a control freak and I love it when I have my like grip on things and this is the only thing in my life that I don't cling to like it's the death grip um it's like I just let it go and it happens like these paintings just seem to feel like they happen on there and I'm like wow who did that <laughs> Like, while I'm doing it, I'll stand back and go, well, how did this happen? I was here doing it, but it's, like, there. Wow. And it just seems funny. I, I, don't, I don't feel attached to them. Like, I would say a vocal, like, where I've really worked at it and really, 
you're going for something very specific. Whereas these paintings, they happen and you're like, oh, I'll fix that or I'll do. It's so much more forgiving and loose and just um, and easier and fun. I mean, like, not that, not that singing isn't fun right. because it absolutely is, but it's just different in a, in a, and it's an artistic kind of way. Um, it's, it's fun in a different way and less controlled way. I love that. Do you, are you aware of, um, Esther Hicks or Abraham Hicks? Um, yeah, somewhat. I'm, I'm not, not really more, um, uh, Louise Hay. Louise Hay. Um, oh, I love her too. Yeah, more more along her. I do know her a little bit more than it, but she mentions them actually. Um, the and, Abraham Hicks, yeah. So I yeah. don't. I'm not. I don't know a lot about her, but she has one thing that I love. I listen to it a lot, but she talks about turning downstream. How a lot of us are rowing our boat upstream toward a destination, and all it takes is a turning yeah. that canoe downstream and just flowing with it. And that you just described that, and it sounds so free, like a deep breath of air. And the thing that was so funny too, when you were talking about how it started by throwing a fit, that's mm -hmm. one of the things that I've noticed in myself when I know yeah. I'm having a breakthrough was when I'm fighting against something and I'm ready to just like scream and whatever. That's when I had my biggest breakthroughs. Like, um, and I I love to sing. I have my whole life, and there was a time when I stopped doing it. Yeah, for whatever reason. There's tons of reasons, which doesn't. But I was at a point where I needed to bring myself out again. So I started taking a voice lesson and I wanted it to be so good that I was very conscious of every, you know, sound I made and whatever. And, and my voice teacher was always like, ah, I just need you to be vulnerable, you know, and I didn't understand that. But then I got to a point where we, I was throwing a lot of fits in my life and we did a recital and I did, um, I did a song from The Waitress called, um, She Used To Be Mine. And oh, it was very, I, I had not know that one. Do you know that? Yeah, it's powerful. <laughs> yes, I think know that <laughs> Go find the score. It's really fun. No, I, um, I was in that state of, I'm just, I'm tired of having to do everything right. Um, I had a cold. I had, and it was a recital and I, I didn't necessarily want to do the recital, but I was also at a point where like, I'm just going to do it. And I, it was, I didn't care about perfection at all. And my teacher, when I was finished, like was sobbing and he's like, there you are. But it's, so I just thought it was really funny uh, how you said, you know, you started with a, a kind of a tantrum or rebellion. And that's how I get. And I know what I'm going to have my biggest breakthrough is when I am ready to punch something <laughs> before yes. it happens. So. Yes, I definitely. I, <laughs> totally. It's like that, that break of the peak of how you're feeling is happening. And when you break through, you break through uh, not only any bad stuff that might be behind it, but also the good. Mm -hmm. And so you get so much good out of um, these temper tantrums <laughs> awesome. or whatever they are, that, that it's just a breakthrough of emotion or um, feeling. So, yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, it's, it's scary, though, if, if that's been something that is dangerous or feels dangerous to you as a person in general. Um, I know that like it's always sort of felt um, very scary for me to just feel things in 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 life, and um, it feels unsafe to feel like those things sometimes. So yeah. you know, like it's it's not natural for some people, and to have those breakthroughs is 
is very natural, mm -hmm. but it, it can be scary if you're not used to it or have control issues or all of those things. So yeah, we we I feel like because I I would say I have I I have a coach. I've had a few coaches. I love working with a coach, and um, I would say oh, I just feel so rebellious. And then finally, one of my coaches said, "Why do you keep calling it rebellion? I don't think it's rebellion. It's emerging." So it's like your true self is finally standing up against all the expectations that we perceive that people have of us or that the world has of us. Whether they do or not doesn't even you know matter. Perception's the real thing, right? So my question for you is, how long ago was that that first Christmas? I, I can't remember what you called it. Uh, Cubist it Christmas? Was the, yeah, Cubist Christmas. Mm -hmm. that, I think it was like 2006. 2006. Um, I've been doing this for a really long time, even yeah. before, like while I was doing music. Um, I was doing paintings, and and actually, uh, the demand for the paintings became more than the music, mm -hmm. and and more than I can handle as well. So, so I I sort of stopped doing music because it, it just the painting was so. I mean, it's so gratifying too because it's something that you can just let go. It's not something that you're like, oh, you're controlling, and and the second that I start doing that. Um, because, because that does happen in painting as well, that you end up, that you end up going, oh, well, this isn't right, or that's not right, or, um, you know, you got to step back, and you're like, I can't do this, like, I can't do this today, because I'm starting to control things that don't need to be controlled, like, obviously, they don't, because people liked the things that I was doing, <laughs> and they weren't, right. so, wow. it's just, it's a balance, though, um, I find it's a real balance um, that way for sure. Um, so that was 2006 that I started, long story short. No, I love that. And, and to further the question, which you've already like made the question even more exciting to me now. So after that happened, and I mean, even before people liked it, before you realized people liked it, was there? did you feel anything from having just finally put that out on paper of I'm doing it and I don't care. Actually, I don't want anyone to like it almost like, yeah, freedom. I mean, I think it was a pretty big breakthrough for me. Um, just personally and in, in just my life, I think that every time you're about to make a big, big change, like it can sometimes feel really horrible mm -hmm. and really, really bad. I mean, like, my dad uh, passed uh, 2013, and, like, it was the weirdest experience that I've ever had in my life. Mm -hmm. um, it was absolutely the strangest thing, because when I didn't know what it was like to lose a parent, um, it was like I assumed and I thought that it would be the worst possible thing to ever happen to me. And it was, it was really bad. Yeah. It felt like a disease. It, grief feels like a horrible, horrible disease, but not only bad came out of it. And I know that sounds really weird and really bad, no. but when you go through something that heavy, um, you realize what really your priorities are and you realize like what, is important. Wow. Um, and a lot of the things that I thought were really important really aren't that important. And I guess that's what I mean when I say good things can come out of really horrible situations. Yeah. Um, I would always want my dad back. Always. 
I miss him to this day. Like, it's crazy. Um, especially now because I've grown so much. And I think he would get a kick out of that. Um, he probably is getting a kick out of it. <laughs> but, um, but, I mean, big change is big change, whether it's good or whether it's bad. I think that it always comes with some good. I, th- I, th- I don't think there's any way that it can't happen that way. Wow. You know, have you heard the term opposition in all things? So, and do you know Brene Brown? Have you heard of Brene Brown? Yes. Yes, I've heard of Brene Brown. I haven't read any of her, of her work yet, but um, things have been busy. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's fine. One of the things that she says is um, before you can feel the really high highs, you have to have felt the really low lows. You have to increase your capacity yeah. to feel, and I've experienced that. But, yeah, opposition in all things. So what you say... I feel like has a lot of truth to it, and that's really beautiful to hear the rawness of you describing that. I have a a phrase, I, I don't know if I've coined it, but I say it all the time. I've become addicted to that feeling on the other side of fear or on the other side of vulnerability. So even though that feeling is really horrible, the feeling on the other side is such a a relief that I, I, I seek for that feeling now. And I is that maybe kind of the feeling that you felt, you know, with putting all of that out on paper and then letting people see it was probably a little scary and maybe a relief as well. And, you know, and every other horrible thing that you've gone through, you know, does it feel that way to you? Like a freeing beauty? I mean, yes. And, and I think like, I think it's a good aim. I mean, you know, like I learn something at least every day, if not like three times a day, uh, something brand new. And like, just hearing you say that it's almost like, um, you have this lighthouse and you are aiming toward it because you know that that's, that that feeling that that um, feeling that may be horrible and terrible is like your little guide and you're like, okay, wait a minute. I think that the, the wind's gonna go this way, the wind's gonna go that way. Let's see if we can aim for that at least and see if we get there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, th- I think that it's a, a good aim. I, I I hadn't thought about it that way, um, but now I have. <laughs> so we had this conversation. Yeah, just giving it different words to things you were already saying or expressing, you know, through. And that's one of the things I love is I talk to people. All of our experiences are so different. We're so diverse, and that's so amazing. And at the same time, we're so the same. And it just feels like, you know, we're on the same journey, like a puzzle. Um, the puzzle pieces all come in the same box, and they all make the same picture at the end. And without each individual puzzle piece, it wouldn't, we'd be mad. I would be mad if I had a thousand pieces of a puzzle and there was one piece missing because one piece decided to be another piece or whatever, you know. So there's this individual wholeness, I think. And and I love being able to find similarities in stories because to me it's a sign of truth or, you know, wholeness maybe. So I love, I love that because we didn't talk before really like I just messaged you hey would you come on and I I feel like I know you just from my watching but I don't know anything about you really you know and just by listening to your heart I'm like ah I felt your connection even though I didn't you know I never actually met you before so this is exciting to me I'm having a lot of fun (laughs) listening to you awesome so I have two more questions for you the first one is do you have like any daily rituals or things that put you in that state of free-flowing, like downstream feeling um, and allow you to connect to, you know, to your true self? I'm going to ask that one first and then I'll ask the next one. 
Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, what one of my resolutions is to meditate more because um, I have been putting it off. And especially during the holidays, the, this past Christmas was probably the busiest Christmas business-wise I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's also like, I'm, it's a new business for me. Like I'm, I'm doing prints online and, um, and I'm selling those online. Um, and I also last year sold almost all of my work except for three paintings. And yeah, so it's, it was really a great year and a great Christmas, but, um, but the morning ritual that I, that I love to have is that I get to meditate, that I get to write, Mm -hmm. Uh, and that sets me up for a really good day generally, um, it's uh, do you know the artist's way? Have you heard of the artist's way? I it's Judith Cameron, okay. um, and and what it, she talks about is uh, morning pages, and it's a free flowing thought, um, and I think it's uh, two pages or one full page is required. I can't remember which, but essentially it's a, a sort of off of that is what I just do a free flow thought of every kind. So what I have to do that day, um, if I'm mad at this, uh, appliance in my kitchen or whatever, (laughs) like it doesn't matter what it is, as long as it's just nonstop, um, free flowing talk of some kind. So, um, is that like a website? Like, could we Google the artist's way and find that? Yes. You will find Julia Cameron in a heartbeat if you Google. Okay. Um, she's very well known for, um, for her book and she has multiple books. Uh, she's fantastic. There's a lot of, um, exercises that I've done from her books and, and they're great. Um, they get things flowing a little bit easier, like, like I was talking about before, um, just that it was, it feels easy to do these paintings because I'm easy about them. You know, I feel laid back and like, okay with them. So that's, yeah. Yes, please Google, uh, Julia Cameron because she's wonderful. I'm going to, and I am going to write that quote down that you just said. It feels easy because I'm easy about it. I'm going to write that down. I love that. Okay. Um, thank you for that. Um, I, I haven't ever heard of Julia Cameron or Julie Cameron. Julia Cameron, Julia yeah. Julia Cameron or the artist way. So I'm going to look that up. Um, and it sparked like five million other questions. I'm going to calm myself down. Um, <laughs> but I am going to add one little other question to it before I get to the other one. So in um, tapping into your it feels, I mean, tapping into your purpose more, to your freedom and to your truth. Do you feel like you're, obviously you sold all but three paintings last year, but do you feel like you're touching people in a very well way by being fully yourself in your art? I hope so. I mean, that's always my aim and hope uh, that people enjoy this work. I, I enjoy doing it so much that I feel like the people that I have the greatest customers. I say this all the time. I have the greatest clients. Um, and they are so understanding. And so they let me go. They let me, they take, they, uh, they give me a subject matter 
and they let me run with it. Like, if that's not an artist's dream come true, I don't know what is. And they, they, I think, I hope they intuit that this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make art really fun, and, and that's what I want. I want people to smile when they see it, and I want people to enjoy it because it's fun. It's art for Pete's sake. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be um, mean something so uh, deep that nobody can understand it. I want people to understand it. If you, you know, like that's that's the way I approach songwriting too. I I thought. What the hell is the point of having a song that nobody understands? Right. Wow. If nobody can connect to it, why are you writing it? If you're the only one in your like basement who can get it. Nice. I other people to understand what I'm saying. So let's make it understandable for as many people as humanly possible. Um, I hope that everybody enjoys the work that I'm doing. I love doing these paintings. They're so much fun to do. I giggle while I'm painting and that's I hope that comes through it it does to me like I believe everything you're saying and so I guess that answered my own question like I feel it and it touches me so I'm I mean that's why we're here on the interview because of your art and and your music but your art you know and I just have you wrote Mother's Child right yes um yes we wrote Mother's Child I wrote yeah I'm pretty sure I mean that's if you want to know the song, just Google, you know, Don's music and listen. That's probably my favorite song that you sing. And then on the flip side, Dark and Twisted just makes me happy ah. for some reason. It's so <laughs> weird because it's a dark and twisted, but it's, it makes me just, I love it. So anyway. It's fun. <laughs> oh, man, that, was, that was fun to write. Oh, I could tell. I yeah, could that tell. was really fun to write. <laughs> anyway, look up for music as well. Your art can be found on donlangstroth.com, right? It can, yeah. And if somebody wanted to commission you, I have mm. some ideas that I'm, you know, I want to chat with you. Do you ha do you people message you through your website? How do you how do you? Yeah, work with um, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Pinterest. You can find me um, on my website donlangstroth.com. Okay. You will find me, um, probably. Yeah, just email me. Um, I usually will ask if people want uh, questions or answered about prices of my work. Uh, like original work, mm -hmm. um, they can email me. And also, if they want prints, I have prints available. Okay. Um, so they're on my site. Okay. We'll see what you and I'll put links to all of your, you know, places to find you in the in the bio of this podcast. Um, so my final question then is, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of a singer named Anne Murray. But she has a song. <laughs> she has a song called "A Little Good News" that has touched me since um, it first came out when I was, I think, I was in high school, maybe junior high. And I love to look for good news because I believe there's more of that than bad news, or scary news, or freaky news, or whatever else. So I like to ask all my guests um, if you have some good news that you can share with us from your corner of the world that you can just. Well, it's funny. I was thinking of something this morning, um, and I kind of wanted to, to say it on here because I, I found it funny. So I guess I must have been about eight years old or nine. May, I don't know how old I was exactly, um, but I went to the Junos with my mom, mm -hmm. and 
that year was a pretty big year for me because Aerosmith was oh, going to be there. Oh, yeah. And thrilled. And I was very, very excited. And I found out that they had a dressing room just a little bit away from my mom's. And um, I guess I went in and... Uh, Joe Perry and Steven Tyler were there and this is I mean I heard you hear about all of these men who are so horrible and are doing these things that are degrading to women and I, I thought of this this morning because I'm like these two men were the most amazing two humans in my eight-year-old life they not only were sweet to me, and they they told me stories about hanging out with. Um, do you remember Sebastian Bach from um, Skid Row? Oh, I know the like, name. Long ago, you, yeah, long long time ago. But they gave me a Skid Row pin that they told me that he they that he gave them. And they were so kind to me, and they were talking about their kids to me. And just that kindness um, was so important to me. Mm. And I I thought about all of this because there have just been so many bad things being said about men right now that I thought this because... I needed a break, (laughs) you know, like, I don't, I I need a break from all of this. Um, but they were wonderful and I will always have that memory because of two grown men being absolutely kind. Wow. Wow. Thank you you for that because I agree. I get tired of, I mean, I honestly wouldn't want anybody to like zoom in on the zit on my chin and just focus on that all the time. Right. Human spirit is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing the human spirit of people that could very easily be singled out and be turned into monsters, you know? Thank you. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. That's so beautiful. The human spirit is such good news. So thank you for sharing your personal insight on that. And for those of you who don't know, and I didn't know if you wanted me to bring it up, but since we kind of did, um, I alluded, Anne Murray is, is your mom, right? And if you know who Anne Murray is, um, singer extraordinaire and Don sounds, you sound so similar and you also have your own, you know, twist to your voice it's just beautiful but I I feel like I've in my dreams been a part of your family my whole life so it's been fun to talk to you um and thank you so much for sharing your heart this has been a really delightful interview for me well thank you for your interest in all that I'm doing thank you again for just taking the time to answer my message and I mean just I've had fun getting to know you a little bit better I appreciate it yeah no problem anytime all right Awesome. Thanks, Don. Have a lovely day. You as well. Take yeah, care. Thanks. Sure. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's virtual office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. 
Let Rhonda's virtual office give you the relief you need. Visit rhondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's virtual office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. This is the EWN Podcast Network.